Big Bertha. It's an iconic name. Some of the longest and straightest clubs in all of golf. Now, the legend just got even easier to hit. The new Big Bertha irons from Callaway are powered by a suspended energy core, a totally new construction, to deliver easy launch, long, consistent distance with incredible sound and feel. This is by far Callaway's easiest to launch distance iron ever. Get big time distance now. Experience Big Bertha irons today at your local golf shop or at callawaygolf.ca. The Toronto Raptors are in the NBA Finals. That's a phrase Canadian Hoops fans have been waiting to hear for a while. Since debuting in 1995, there have been years of futility, followed by years when they seemed so close, only to run into the hurdle that is NBA great LeBron James. But now, they're four wins away from their first NBA title. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10 3. We look at what made the Raptors a contender, what it means to sports history in Toronto, and what effect it could have on the sport of basketball in Canada. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, you can definitely do that wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And once you've subscribed, don't forget to rate us, leave us a review, and be sure to tell all your friends about us. Ryan Wolstadt covers the Raptors for the Toronto Sun. So, Ryan, before we get to talking about the postseason, the current postseason, let's jump back a bit to last summer. The Raptors announcing they were taking what at the time was seen as a huge gamble, trading fan favorite DeMar DeRozan to the San Antonio Spurs for Kawhi Leonard, a player who, despite winning an NBA playoff MVP in 2014, was coming off a season where he played just nine games. But this gamble seems to have paid off, hasn't it? It sure has. I mean, the only thing, the only way it could pay off any more for the Raptors would be if they can win four more games and knock out the Golden State Warriors and win the first uh, NBA title in franchise history. Other than that, it's gone swimmingly. You know, Kawhi had a very, very good regular season, and he's, you could say, without much argument, he's been the best player in the playoffs. I mean, with all the moments, with the scoring, with the rebounding, even the passing, and of course the defense, which is he's known for. It's really worked out for the Raptors, despite the huge risk that they took in doing it. How big a deal is it, the fact that the Raptors have finally made it to the NBA Finals? It's a huge deal. If you look at the almost uh, quarter century they've been around, they've been more of either a laughingstock or just a soap opera than they have a good basketball team. There's... They've either been terrible or just crazy thing after crazy thing and player leaving after player leaving has happened. So this is a huge deal because not only does it show that they're for real now that they've they've won, uh, they've, they've made the playoffs a bunch of years in a row, they've advanced a bunch of years in a row, but getting here shows that they're a true team. Now, they're no longer one of the handful of teams that has never made the finals. This is going to be great for their popularity around Canada and around the world, and it, and it you know, like we said, it reinforces kind of the trade they made for Kawhi Leonard. Why do you think that the team needed to make the shakeup that they did last year, trading away one of the you know biggest fan favorites in team history to get to the finals? I think uh, team president Masai Ujiri has said it best. You just can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, and just thinking that uh, different results are going to happen. They had they'd gone as far as they could go with the group they had. It was a noble run, you know, the best run in franchise history. But even with LeBron, if he was in the East or, or leaving or whatever, it just seemed like they weren't going to figure it out. Even if LeBron had gone, 
it just feels like they probably wouldn't have figured it out. They just, yeah. there was just some block that they couldn't do something, not enough defense or three point shooting, whatever. It just, it, it wasn't working the way it was. That combination just wasn't quite good enough. It definitely helped them at LeBron left, but they needed to shake it up and bring in one of the best, you know, it's very rare to get to the NBA finals without one of the true ultra elite players. And the Raptors haven't really had that guy since Vince Carter. And he was even borderline when he was in that category back in the day. So they just needed to upgrade and, you know, they definitely did that. Now, looking at this season, one of the words that I've seen attached to the Raptors as being redemption, redemption for the team having struggled in the postseason in past years, redemption for Kawhi Leonard uh, having had kind of a tumultuous past couple of years, and even redemption for the fans for sticking with the team for as long as they have through those struggles. Why do you suppose that stuck? Uh, like we were saying, I mean, they all these failings in the playoffs, even though, you know, they still did better than most teams. There was failing after failing. Um, a lot of fans were just, you know, jumping overboard and deciding they didn't want to be fans anymore because they were never going to do it. A lot of these players came from, you know, late in the draft or teams gave up on them where they were traded. And in the case of Kawhi Leonard, it was the lost season, nine games, the injury, the, the the messy breakup with San Antonio. It's just all these sort of redemptive arcs. And I think that's why it stuck with them because they're a bunch of players that are, were rebounding from something. And then as a franchise, they were trying to prove that they were for real and prove that they weren't just, a, you know, a nice little team, that they were, they were for real. Now, looking at the team as a whole, because you can't win a championship with just one player. I mean, even the the Michael Jordan era Chicago Bulls, you had Scottie Pippen, you had Horace Grant, you had solid point guards. What is it about the Raptors this year where they finally gelled? Was it the presence of Kawhi Leonard helping, like giving them someone to rally around? Or what, what was it about the group this year? Well, I think they just, they're, they're a really nice combination of veteran people who have seen so much of the NBA you know, Danny Green, who came along with Kawhi, had a great, great season. He's He's been to the finals twice. Serge Ibaka is a veteran that's been there. When they got Marcus Saul, that just added so much experience and, and swagger and all these things. Mm-hmm. And Lowry, of course, has been through it all. And then uh, Pascal Siakam emerging as a star. That, that was such a huge thing for this team because it gave them, when Kawhi was resting, as he did for a quarter of the season, that gave them another star to step up or when Lowry was injured or whatever. And they just... I think that was sort of what it was. And everyone, you know, that they, they know this is a chance. I think from the start, they knew they had a chance to do something special. And they kind of rallied all around that. Was there a moment either through the regular season or at some point during the playoffs where it kind of clicked for you that, yeah, this team could go all the way to the finals, maybe even win a championship, but at least get over that block that they've kind of hit the last few seasons? I'd give a couple of examples, I think. I think um, when Marcus Saul was acquired at the trade deadline in February, yeah, you gave up a, a Jonas Valanciunas and a DeLon Wright. So you're sacrificing some of your depth and really quality bench pieces. But you're getting a guy, even though Gasol's lost a step or two, he was once the second best center in the NBA, and he's still got some of that in him. He's still a great defensive player, as we saw when he guarded uh, Joel Embiid and Nikola Vucevic, two all-stars in the playoffs, and basically shut them down. That's when I was like, okay, they got this guy too. And now all of a sudden, Serge Ibaka, who was having the best season of his career, is coming off the bench. Like, this oh, this team's pretty good. They have a bunch of guys who, as I mentioned, have been there before. So they're not just talented. They have the, the smarts, the basketball IQ, and the experience. Because as much as I loved uh, Jonas Valanciunas as a person and a rebounder and whatever, pick and roll player, 
there's just some things Gasol inherently knows how to do and can do that Valanciunas couldn't. And it just made it makes, and also he's been there before and it just makes a huge difference. And then the other thing I'd say is when you just saw the way Kawhi was just dominating first Orlando and, and then Philadelphia in the playoffs and the way the Raptors were able to fall down behind each team and then rally and win each series, especially against the Sixers, a really, really good team. And then the Bucks winning four straight against them is just, it's just not something I saw coming. And that's when I thought, okay, these guys, they, you know, they might uh, even give the mighty warriors a bit of a test. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the, the series against the Sixers, you know, if Canada wasn't behind the Raptors before that series, they definitely were after. What was your reaction to that series-winning buzzer beater? (laughs) Really, I couldn't believe it. That The thing that stuck out for me was that having, you know, everyone knows that that watches basketball or covers basketball or whatever or has followed the Raptors, knows the Vince Carter shot. They've seen it a million times. And to see, when I saw Kawhi heading to that, you know, the corner, I just said, wow. Like I said out loud, I couldn't help myself. I'm like, he's going to the Vince spot. I can't believe it. He's going to the Vince spot. And then he shoots it. I'm like, okay, this is going to overtime. And it bounces, bounces, and it went in. And the place went berserk. I've never seen an arena go that crazy. Hmm. And it was basically like, wow, like this is historic. Now, when you talk about leagues where there's only one Canadian team, like Major League Baseball and the NBA. A lot of Canadian fans may have allegiances with other teams throughout the league in, in the U.S. But what about this Raptors team this year that you do you think is making more Canadians get on board with this playoff push? Getting over the hump is is massive because the Raptors were a cute story for a long time. It's like, oh, good. Like Canada's only team is doing pretty well. They're winning a round or two, but then they'd always lose to LeBron or something else, or they got swept by the wizards the one year. And it was just like, you know, they were never really serious mm-hmm. and they never had as great as, you know, as, as entertaining and as nice of a guy as DeMar DeRozan was, or Kyle Lowry has how funny plays the way he leaves it all on the floor. It was never, they never had that one guy that could capture the attention. And then Kawhi having a guy, a first ballot hall of famer, uh, one of the best players of this generation, one of the best two-way players ever to play the game. I think people have caught on to that and just the success, like when the Blue Jays did well, just having the success, I think that's what people are kind of like, are, are attaching themselves to. And also, I'm sure um, no Canadian teams being left in the NHL playoffs has something to do with it as well. And the fact that the Jays absolutely stink. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it it's never hard to, to get behind a winner, I guess, for Canadian sports fans. <laughs> you mentioned LeBron and the Cavs. Do you think that if LeBron hadn't gone to Los Angeles, that this Raptors team could have gotten past them had they met in the playoffs again? Yeah, I really do, actually. I think that if they had this team last year, they would have beaten Cleveland. I think they should have beaten them last year. Cleveland had lost some stuff. They'd lost Kyrie Irving, which was huge. They'd lost some of their depth. And even LeBron is starting, you know, he's still amazing. He's still one of the best players ever, but he's not quite... LeBron. He's not quite what he was. So I think with Kawhi, who shut him down, I covered the, the 2014 finals when when Kawhi really did as good a job as anyone I've ever seen on LeBron. Uh, really made everything difficult for him and also was great at the other end. I think they, had, they would have been able to get past them. What do you think that this means, this playoff run for the Raptors, even if they aren't successful in beating the Warriors, but to make it this far... Um, to do what they've never done before. What do you think it means for the game of basketball in Canada? I don't think you can understate it. I think that Vince Carter, his high flying, that inspired a generation of Canadians. Steve Nash winning two MVPs to come from Victoria and get one scholarship offer to the States and become a two-time NBA MVP. I think those are 
those are two huge things that that really galvanize people in this country. And they're a big reason why you're seeing all these NBA players coming from Canada right now. I think you're going to see the same thing in in, uh, 20 years. It's going to be just a run of another run of Canadians. It's going to keep coming and it's going to be people that were inspired by what they saw here. And I think you're going to see the TV numbers and the audience. It's going to go way up because of this, because people are starting to tune into the NBA. It's not just the diehards or the casuals. It's, it's people that would never even give the NBA the time of day. I have a bunch of family members who, you know, have never really paid attention to, to the Raptors and they're, they're paying attention now. And I'm sure everyone has that same story. Like I think Dave Hodge tweeted out the other day, like, uh, even people who said they'd never be a Raptor fan or they never watched the Raptors are watching now. And that's sort of the impact of this. Mm-hmm. Where does it look like for the team next year? You know, Kawhi Leonard signed for just one year. I know that some of the core members of the team are still under contract, but could we see another rebuild have to take place even if they win a championship? Well, it kind of all depends on Kawhi, what he wants to do. Kawhi and Danny Green are going to be free agents, and that would be two big holes to fill if they both or one of them leaves. If they, if one or both of them stay, then the Raptors are actually in pretty good shape to run it back because Kyle Lowry, Marcus Saul, assuming he opts into a what would be a really big contract, so I'm pretty sure he will, and Sergi Baca and Fred VanVleet, they all have one more a year on their contract so the Raptors could really run it back and then after that who knows you know that's that's when either they're going to be building around Kawhi and Pascal Siakam or basically just Pascal Siakam and whatever now whether or not they win a championship this year does Kawhi Leonard cement himself a place in Raptors history regardless just based on his performance this year in this playoffs definitely he's 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 on the you know He's going to be remembered in Raptors history forever, even if he leaves now, because he's taken them where they've never gone before, and he's the best player to ever play for the franchise. One of maybe even the best player to ever play for a Toronto sports team. So I think that's something you can never take away from a guy, regardless of what happens. And and then you look at all the highlights, all the crazy things he's done in these playoffs, just against Philadelphia alone, and then he kept going all those dunks against Milwaukee. I think. You know, there's no way that it's going to be awfully hard for anybody to uh, eclipse Kawhi, even if he does leave. And how do you think they'll fare against the Golden State Warriors? Uh, it's going to be, it's it should be good. It should be really good. I don't think it's going to be the the pasting that Cleveland took last year. I think it's going to be closer to those early uh, Warriors-Cavs series. And the Cavs even won one of those. So you never know. If I were predicting, I'd probably say Warriors in six. But I do think the uncertainty of Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins, though they're both superstars. You know, Golden State is really playing well now without those guys. They might mess with the chemistry as great as they are. So I think the Raptors absolutely need to steal game one because the Warriors have been uh, off for so long. They should be a little bit rusty. Milwaukee was a little rusty in game one, and the Raptors should have won that game. Uh, So I think that's their best chance. If they can win that game, anything's on the table. And I wouldn't say it's impossible for the Raptors to win the NBA title. And it's... uh, it's definitely the first time I've ever been able to say that. Well, we know our candidate will be watching, I think, in bigger numbers than ever before. Ryan, thanks for your time. All right. Thanks for having me. 10-3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Additional production from Craig Robertson. Special thanks to my guest, Ryan Wolstat. More from him at torontosun.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>